You're about to listen to a message by Reverend Yomi Kasali of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Praise God. Flow, 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 flow. Somebody say flow. Mm-mm-mm. I feel like preaching. Out of your belly shall flow. Ezekiel 28. Praise God. Praise God. There'll be a flow. There'll be a flow. I pray First Chronicles 21. Let me just pray one prayer for all of you. First Chronicles 21 verse number 1. First Chronicles 21 verse number 1. It's a prayer I prayed last night before I went to bed. Try to pray before I go to bed. Pastor Agri, this is all for all of us. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Deep scripture. Oh God, help me. Satan stood against Israel and he provoked David to number Israel. Satan stood against a house, but he used a man. And what he did was this. He provoked David to do a census. And David did not know at that point in time that that census was a satanic idea. It sounded like a great idea. I pray for myself that, Lord, let any idea that is not of you, let them not work. Let them be truncated. I pray that you will pray for yourself, Jackson. There are so many good ideas that are not God ideas. And you may, not, you may think it's great. You may think it's great, but it's going, it's from the devil. The devil knows how to inspire people with ideas. What the devil did was that the devil put that thought in the mind of David to do a census. And he felt, what is wrong in a census? Other nations count their numbers. Let us also count ours. Other people count their wealth. Let us also count my wealth. Other people count their cars. Let me count my cars. And it sounds okay, but it's not from God. It sounds nice, but it's not from God. It sounds good, but it's not from God. Not every good idea is from God. So you should pray that God today, all of you here, just by your head and say, Lord, any idea that is not of you that I probably want to embrace, let it not work. Let it not work. Because if you read from 7 verse 8, thousands of people died because that idea was not from God. It was Satan that inspired that idea. And David did not know that Satan inspired that idea. Can you pray for yourself? You want to buy a new house, you want to build a new car, you're envying others, you're thinking about what others are doing, but I don't want to do what others are doing. I want to measure it's your idea because it's not mine. It could be Satan inspiring the idea. And when Satan inspires an idea, it could be a good idea, it could be a great idea, it could be a nice idea, it could be a nice concept. And you don't know that that idea will cause disaster, damage for your family, damage, death. That idea caused death. Can you please pray for yourself? It looks like today's a prayer service. Can you please pray before I teach? Just pray, Lord, please. I don't want to do it because it's good or it sounds nice. I want to make sure you are behind it. I don't want to embrace it because everybody's doing it. I don't want to embrace it because it looks like it's something that everybody is doing. It's just census. It's just counting the people. What's the big deal about counting the people? But Satan was the one behind it. And the Bible said God was angry. The people died. People died. That was a damage. Lord, help us. Help us to discern what is not from you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. I can't even open scriptures to teach. This is what the Bible calls a spirit-filled service. It's what happens. That man of God that can drop a note say, I have a prophecy. That's a spirit-filled service. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 11, it says, if any of you, when you gather, if you have a word, you have a prophecy, you have a doctrine, you have a teaching, let him speak one after the other. In other words, your service should be slightly unpredictable. 
You shouldn't, if it's the spirit, it will be unpredictable. If it is predictable, it can be of the spirit. Because God is unpredictable. If it is predictable, then you've kicked out the Holy Ghost. And it's now regulated by man. And it's now mechanical, not spiritual. Do you get it, man? Because God can do this something this morning through you that I'm not even expecting. God can speak to her to tell me, sir, there are two people here who came here with this, this case. I was like, you sure, let's minister to them. In lay hands on them, the service can get, take another turn. Am I communicating? The Lord help us. Ezekiel, is the devil still anointed? I'm taking the anointing series. If you recall, I started three weeks ago on the anointing. The anointing is a very difficult subject to teach. Yet, it can be very easy if you have a teachable spirit. If you understand there are different words used in scriptures for the same experience. Listen to me. Different words used in the scriptures, but meaning the same thing. So, a particular, it could be used differently in the book of Kings, could be used differently in the book of Chronicles, could be used in the book of Isaiah, but it's actually talking about the same thing. So, in the New Testament, it's called more of the word grace. It's called the grace we call it the anointing. Some don't understand it. They say, oh God, give me grace. Some people, anointing simply means, Pastor Agri, please stand up. People need to do, let me just tell you what the word means in original Greek. It means to smear on you. Anoint, to smear. To put something on you, to smear something on you. You know I me? Mean? Now, what you smear on a man, the proof that that thing has been smeared on you is the Holy Ghost now enables you, the Spirit of God, to do something better. So, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, when Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because He has anointed me. Now, excuse me, the He there is the Lord. Watch me. The Lord anoints you, so the Spirit comes upon you. Not that the Spirit anointed you. So the spirit flows with the anointing. So watch me. He, God, anoints you so the Holy Ghost comes upon you. First Samuel 16 explains it. When Samuel poured oil on David and the spirit of the Lord came upon David. So the Holy Ghost flows with where the mind of God is. Now watch me. Now that spirit comes upon you for a purpose. Watch, read it again. Luke chapter 4. It says, It now came upon me to preach the gospel. Give me first. Uh -huh. No, 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 no. This one. Thank you. God bless you. I like this. Go back. Exactly. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach the gospel. So those are the things. Watch me, watch me. You will notice this is to make money. So he was not anointed to make money. You could be anointed to make money. I'm not saying you're not. So, there is a purpose for every anointing. So, for every anointing upon a man, it's for a purpose. You can go and say that. So, anointing that can be called grace. Pastor Agri. So, most like me giving you this jacket. Listen, our church, this jacket is for the senior pastors, for the pastors. The moment you now say, oh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has put this jacket upon me. Watch me. To function as a lead pastor. Does that make sense? So if I take that jacket away from me, what does that mean? You've locked. God bless you. The anointing has left you. So that was, the anointing can leave. So I'm going to read to you. Is the devil still anointed? 
And you are wondering, was he ever anointed? Before we can say, is he still anointed? Ezekiel, because you need to understand the, the word anointing. So I know the area of my anointing. You know your own. We are all anointed differently. That's why members should not compare pastors because we carry different graces. We carry different anointings. The Spirit of God is upon us differently to function and to operate differently, to solve different problems. She may carry a greater teaching grace or teaching anointing or the Spirit of God is upon her to teach better than you. Celebrate her teaching grace. Do not fight her for that. He may carry a stronger administrative grace. He may carry a stronger prayer grace. So because he's got a prayer grace, you find out, watch me, he prays more and he gets more results. Because the proof that you carry a grace is that people are blessed, yokes are destroyed during the operations of your grace. When you are in that grace, lives are touched, yokes are destroyed. You know, MGI it carries a grace for worship. I mean, somebody else can carry grace for praise. And when you stand to lead praise, certain things happen. But when you try to do worship, things don't happen. I don't carry the grace to sing. I don't have it. But other pastors and preachers carry those grace. And so you go to their church, you see them singing. Say, my pastor can't even sing. Say, no, madam, you don't carry anointing. No, we have different anointings. What I do better, he may not be able to do at all. Am I communicating? So it's important to raise workers. This is a worker service. To raise it to a point of maturity. Not to say, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. Pastor Gris, grace is different from Pedro's grace. But to celebrate us all individually according to our graces and our anointings. Am I communicating? So you need to understand that. And it's a bit difficult for me to teach it. But some people don't understand it. That the word grace in the New Testament could mean the word anointing in the Old Testament could mean so they are all interchangeably used, but simply for the same thing. Watch me, God's enablement on a man to function better than others in a particular area, and it's God, not my God, it's God's presence on you, it's God's presence on you to function with so much His and yokes are destroyed. It doesn't mean you are perfect, there's no perfect man. Because the grace of God is on men, not perfect men. Is that clear? If you are perfect, you don't need grace. If we are perfect, we don't need grace. So Lord, stop striving to be perfect. Mm -mm, Just be yourself and say, God, use me. Just say, Lord, use me, Lord. I submit and surrender to you the same way I am. Just just, just as I am. It's your work. It's It's your work. Without you, I cannot do it. Just use me. And then God will flow through you. Because the word flow is coming on and again and again. So Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28. Verse number 11. Ezekiel 28. Teaching is great. And this is worker service. I want to appreciate all of you leaders who are here this morning. The Lord will honor you in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something about honor. 1 Samuel 2.30. 1 Samuel 2.30. People don't understand how to work with God. On Sunday, I told Pastor Agri today that I want to bless the church. And I want to bless. I'm in the mood to bless. I was preaching in a church for two days, three days, and the Lord told me when I was praying and preparing for the service that I should teach them the blessing. I, I went there to teach something else. So it is that same night, God said, Teach them the blessing. I said, Why? He said, This church is struggling with the blessing. 
So and I went there, the man of God, before I went my car, Dami was there with me, was telling me, sir, this is exactly what we're struggling with. He didn't know that God told me this is what I should do. I, I changed my sermon. Another man of God that was there, as I finished teaching on the blessing, the mission, the, the word blessing, he just gave me his iPad. Sir, I beg you, sir, put your number. Come and teach us in our church. We are also struggling in this area. Because I told them, I said, I'm going to bless my house. And I told them our blessings come through a priest and through a patriarch, a father. So I announced to them, I have no authority to bless you because I'm not your father. I said, your pastor will step out. I will put my hand upon his shoulder for his my son to strengthen him with grace as he pronounces blessings upon you. For I cannot do it. It is his house, not my house. However, I can pronounce blessings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as a priest, I could pronounce blessings upon them, not as a patriarch or father. So I just bless them. I cannot pray. Blessing and prayer are two different things. I can pray for you and not bless you. Everybody should pray for me, but not everybody can bless me. Only my father can bless me. For the lesser is blessed of the greater. Can I preach? Well, you, can, you should pray for me. You should pray for me. You should all pray. But I cannot kneel before you, Chiamaka, and say, bless me. It's against spiritual dynamics. It's not going to work. But you should pray for me on your own knees. But I cannot bless Bishop Mike. I say, Bishop Mike, I want to bless you. It, <laughs> he's my father. He, he, are you with me? I can pray and I do pray for him. But he can bless. Hebrews 7 7. Sorry for speaking. Hebrews 7 7. Without any contradiction, the lesser is blessed of the greater. Simple scripture, but loaded. Very simple. Very simple, but loaded. The word contradiction or dickness in God's means without any controversy. It is beyond it. The lesser is blessed of the greater. Better means greater. So only Melchizedek could have blessed Abraham. But Abraham prayed for another king, Ahimelech. Didn't bless him, prayed for him. That one could not bless him because he didn't carry the grace. Abraham carried. So I will bless you on the second service. But this morning, my soul rejoices with you. Those of you who have honored me. I pray this simple prayer of 1 Samuel 2.30. The Lord will honor you. You shall be honored before men. In the name of Jesus, men will honor you as well. Honor is a very deep word. So I won't go into the word honor. God will honor you. You know, honor is very attractive. I want people to honor me. When you honor a servant of God, when you honor one, God will honor you back. That's what Samuel said. God will honor you back. We need to teach ourselves how things work in the spirit, yeah, because it's a different realm. Now things work in your office, and my office is different. You get the point now. If you go to our office, they tell you in this place, so you know, to this is the way in. That's the way out. You can't say no, no. Where I'm coming from? In this place. So also with the realms. If you want to go to space, you wear what they call astronaut jacket. You can't wear this suit and go there. <laughs> in the spaceship, they float. You see them floating. They float. They don't go to space in two hours and come back. Like, I'm going to Ibadan. The way things work and operate is different. The laws of aerodynamics is different. The what will carry a plane to be suspended in the air for certain hours is the law of aerodynamics. It's different. So also with the law of spirit dynamics. I say spirit dynamics. <laughs> I don't even say anything like that. Say spirit dynamics. So the way, the way things work there, mm-hmm, 
the way things operate is different. People don't understand it. So our job as pastors is to teach you the way things operate and function there. For you to live there, excel there, succeed there, you need to understand how things operate there. If you do, your life will be in autopilot. People will be able to understand why you're making progress while others are struggling. Is the devil still anointed? Ezekiel 28, verse number 11. Moreover, 11, the word of the Lord came to me. Ah, 17 minutes more. Son of man, take up the lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus hear the Lord, thou sellest of the sum full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. This is an allegory of who? The devil. There are two passages, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, that speaks in allegorical terms about the devil. Theologians have all agreed, and I, I do not have a reason to disagree with them because of the points noted therein. The next verse is, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. So that couldn't have been man, that couldn't have been that physical king of Tyre. That was a physical king of Tyre that was speaking about. So he now says, this is who the person. So this was talking about the devil. That was being in Eden, the garden of God. Very precious stone was thy covering. Sardius, topaz, and diamond, and beryl. You see now, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanship of thy tablets, and thy paps was prepared in thee the day that was created. So the devil was created. So God, that means he had a beginning. Now, verse 14 is where I'm going to. Thou art the anointed cherub. That's where I'm going to. That covereth. When it was functioning, that covereth the mercy seat. When it was functioning in God's presence, it was anointed to lead worship. So it was anointed cherub. And I've set this so. God said, I have set, I designed it like that. I designed you to be the music director. That's what it means. I designed you to be the head ed- usher. I designed you to be the lead pastor. I designed you to be whatever, the head media. So he says that. So when I designed you, I anointed you to function in that capacity. Watch me. Hmm? Oh, and thou was upon the holy mountains of God. Thou was walked up and down the midst of the sons of fire. Verse 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created till iniquity was found in you. That changed everything. Till iniquity was found in you. So the devil at some point was anointed. That's what I'm saying. Is the devil still anointed? That's the topic. Is the devil still? How do you mean? For there was a time the devil was anointed. Then his name was Lucifer. So people don't understand it. It was Lucifer and that was the office of a bright morning star. His job then as Lucifer was to coordinate the praise and the worship in the presence of God. Whatever. Anointed cherub was anointed for that function. Now, when iniquity was found in the devil, when iniquity was found in the devil, the devil was demoted. So, because he was demoted, he could no longer function in that office. So, since, like I said, you could no longer function in that office, isn't it? he lost the anointing. So, the devil is no more anointed as a worshiper, maybe talented. That's why I was trying to teach and I couldn't teach you the difference between talent and anointing. There are many people that function with talent and not anointing. You get the point now? So because of experience that is had in worship, that's why the devil is always interested in music and is a powerful tool. So he could have gathered talent because of experience, but he lacked the anointing. He lacks it now because that is God's grace to function. 
That's God's grace to function. So you can be talented. I'm sure MD Ike is nodding because we've seen so many talented musicians who are not anointed worshippers. Because the one is God-centered. Second is man-centered. Called a musician and worshipper. So if we have talented, watch me, watch me. If we have talented musicians who are not anointed worshippers, could it be, Pastor Giri, that we also have talented speakers? Who are not anointed preachers. You know, you, you, did you get it? If you can function with those operating in the music, it could function with those operating in the world. You don't get it. So the difference between the t- talented one and the anointed one is actually the result. Because one, watch me, has the presence of God to destroy yokes, to lift, to help, to lift burdens, to heal broken hearts. Remember what Jesus said? You have anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal broken hearts, to deliver men that are oppressed. So when you function with the anointing, you find results that spiritual chains are broken. Your life becomes different. You find progress. But you function with talent or gift. That does not have the capacity to carry out spiritual deliverances. Now, they may be entertained and tickled and excited. Like you see, Michael Jackson comes up and he goes, Yay! he jumps up and down. All that could be a function of talent, not the anointing. Am I communicating? So you should ask God for the anointing. And if you are talented, say, Lord, still breathe on my talent. Even though I have a gift of oratory, Lord, I don't want to speak as an orator. I want to speak as an oracle. Because there's a difference between orators and oracles. Oracles of God speak on behalf of God. Orators speak to excite men. Orators speak to tickle men's fancy. So that's why some churches may have 10,000 people going there. They go in every week to listen to an orator. Barack Obama, if he pastors a church today in America, will have 100,000 members, I can guarantee you, because he speaks so well. Oh, Barack speaks so well. There could be no healing, no, but he speaks so well. You can convince the devil to like God. That's an orator. <laughs> There's an art. People, people learn how to persuade, how to have the art of persuasion. And how can I persuade men? Salesmen doesn't mean they are preachers. So, so the devil lost the anointing. And you need to understand that he lost the anointing when iniquity was found in him. So God cast him out of his presence. So people don't know. And I'm going somewhere. Please, I'm going somewhere. Where I'm going to is this. This is where I'm going to. If the devil, if you understand the mystery of the anointing, Lawrence, if you understand how the anointing functions, Jackson, that means we'll now bring it back to humanity and say, can a man also lose the anointing? That's where I'm going to. So let's start with, is the devil still anointed? No. We all agree, yes or no? Do we all agree? Is anybody here that believes that the devil is anointed? Because it's easier, I'm coming from the easy point to teach a difficult one. The difficult one is nobody, most people do not and cannot conceive in their minds that some men that are anointed can lose their anointing. We can't conceive it. So for me to explain that to you, I may have to now explain to you that the devil was anointed at some point and lost his anointing. So if you agree with that one and God does not change, then you may also now know that a man can lose the anointing. Mm-hmm, that's what I'm going to. Because for first, don't believe 
including me, for many years, that certain men can lose the anointing. I'm not saying they may not lose the office, and I'm going to show you in a short while, but they will lose the anointing. So let's speak quickly because my time is up. Let's start first example Saul the king. Saul the king was anointed and he had a crown, but he lost the anointing, but did not lose the crown. He was still in office, but there was no more grace, no more anointing. That's why he had to go and look and divine through the witch of Endor. Because he could not. He lost the anointing. And it's difficult for you to understand that. But the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Yes. God still called him. God had not repented, but he lost it. He messed up. You get the point now? So if he, if he had walked his way back to God in true repentance, he may have died as a king that was semi-anointed. But at that point in time, God had anointed who? Somebody else. David. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, please project for me, please. 1 Samuel 16, that when the Holy Ghost came upon David, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Now don't forget, Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... So the Spirit departed because I've lost the anointing. Put your hands together for Jesus. Do you get the point? Do you get the point? So don't think because Ebuka is anointed to lead worship, he's always going to be anointed. The moment iniquity called pride is found in him, the anointing can go because the, the anointing does not function with pride. Do you get it? it, it it's, it's just contrary. It's just contrary. You are not anointed with proud. <laughs> the moment iniquity is found, the anointing leaves. Am I communicating? The anointing is enabling you to function with ease and to release yokes, to people from yokes and burdens and holds. So you find that you struggle. People may not know you're struggling. You may even study more, but you're struggling. You, 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 you're wondering what's going on here. How come I'm struggling? Because that grace, that anointing, that oil, that we call oil, has left. That oil is no more there. Are you with me? Well, let's look at Saul. Saul, Saul, Saul. I have three or four examples and we're going to close so we can pray. Because my, my own prayer is, Lord, please, I don't want to lose the anointing. That was a great man of God. I won't forget his name. I won't mention his name. Great man of God. Great. I met him before he died many years ago in Ibadan. I invited him. I was just a young preacher. And I invited him to come and speak for me. But Dickness and God, when I entered his compound, it's compound, it's like this is our own compound. We have six plots here actually. Like four times our compound. I saw evidences of his anointing in the yesteryears. Ha! Ah, the trucks, crusade trucks I saw. This was late 80s. You know, the late 80s, about 89, 1990. No, it was 1990. So a year after I got a call, 89, 1990. I went to Ghana. So I saw the trucks, you know those big trucks they used in America for school. I must have seen over 40. For his crusade, his name was there. I'm like, because I was an evangelist, I'd not seen a man in my life apart from that was that had such huge trucks. I saw vehicles, church buses, many things. So I went in and I sat down there, and the man came in. He said, How are you, young preacher? I said, Yes, sir, daddy. I want to invite you to come to Lagos. I'm doing a crusade. I want to help us to do this. And he just sat down. He said, I'm coming. He went in to pray for somebody, and I saw on the walls, on his walls, come and see 
different signs of what God did through him abroad, at home, crusades. You know, he put all those pictures I'm like, this man is remembering the days of his anointing. So I sat, I went back home. Of course, he came. I went back home and I started researching what really happened. Go and watch the movie or the documentary God's Generals. You will see how many God's Generals were used by God greatly at some point and they lost their anointings and they became nobodies. Go and check it. Go and watch it. Robert Laiadon did it. You will see in real time that people can lose their anointing. And they were anointed at some point. And they will lose it so much that nothing will happen. You will know that it's gone. The grace will just leave. Because it won't just function. Because of something still, iniquity was found in you. And when I say iniquity, it's deeper than what you think. It's not transgression of God's law. It's not transgression of God's law. Iniquity is deeper. The devil lost his anointing. The moment he left the covering, the place of the covering, being the anointed cheru, the moment he fell, he lost the anointing. I had no time, I would have taught you what Revelation chapter 12 means, specifically. Because that's still speaking about the future, not the past. Now, Saul the king lost the anointing when David was anointed. 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. 1 Samuel 16, verse number 13 through to 15. The spirit departed from Saul, and Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. Now, what happened? The Spirit of God came upon him. Because I tell you, what, they, what follows the anointing is God's presence. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. He, didn't, he, didn't, he missed that. From that day forward. That's what I believe. And this is a bit difficult to teach. Nobody knows that. It, and I can sit down and do double expository on that. That could it be after this encounter that David killed the lion and the bear? Could it be? Because could it be? I don't think David could have killed a lion and a bear naturally. Eh? Eh? Was anointing? Was anointing? Was anointing that helped him to kill Goliath? <laughs> it wasn't natural. Nobody can kill lion and bear naturally. A small boy. It will tell you. Like Samson killed a lion. Also, it was anointing. It wasn't natural. You need to kill lions and bears. You see, you can play this keyboard without the anointing. You can play it with talent. And you can say, Lord, soak my hand with your presence. Soak, my, soak me, Lord. I don't want to function in the flesh. I don't want to function in the flesh. I don't want to use my senses to please the Lord. Use me. And you'll be surprised that the things you'll be doing, normal thing, no normal, will become abnormal, become unusual, become supernatural. Because the breath of God will make the difference. Are you with me? I want to function with his breath. I'm tired of function with my head. And this head has not helped me. Let me function with the breath. Because his breath will give me wisdom, will give me insight, will give me knowledge, will give me grace, will give me strength. We will we, we'll yield more results. I'll get more results. Will give me more results. Jesus had to use his breath. <laughs> so why should I use his breath? Even in the secular place of work. I'm not speaking about in church doing healing and wonders in a secular place. Secular place, you can use his breath. So Saul, read, read, read that passage for me. Go back to first Samuel 16. My God, and then verse next verse, verse 14. Uh, but the spirit of the Lord did what? Uh, who can tell me why? Let me tell you why. In God's presence, there can be no two kings. One person may wear the crown, but as far as heaven is concerned, there's only one king. 
there will be anarchy. That's why I keep telling us there can be two, no two heads in a small church. You can't tell me husband and wife ghosting up pastors. How? How? It's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. So as far as everyone is concerned, what happened? The spirit departed from somebody. The spirit came up from somebody. So as far as God is concerned, that's the king of Israel. He may not be crowned yet, but he's a king. I feel like preaching. Let me go. You know when David, hmm? David was anointed, yes or no? David never lost the anointing. But you know he lost the crown to Absalom. You miss that. You can even lose a crown, but don't lose the anointing. Because with time, it came back. You don't get it. Absalom had the crown for a moment. His own son did cool for him. His son thought the crown was the anointing. No, you cannot be crowned and lose the anointing. It's anointing that matters. No, John, it's the anointing. It's the presence of God. He pushed his father out. Kicked. He did a coup. He did a coup for his father. Became a king. Was crowned king. But lacked the anointing. Lacked the presence. You know, funny enough, I'm not joking. No. He can do a coup here. And Tulu and I and Pastor Agri will remove the enemy as the head of music. Put him here. Meanwhile, he lacks the anointing. Maybe that's the person with the grace. When he now gets there, we'll be having struggle. We'll be having issues. What has happened? The person with the grace has been pushed out. But I go and drag the man with the grace and put out there. Are you with me? <laughs> crown is not the anointing. The crown functions well with the anointing. The presence. The presence. That was why David said in Psalm 51, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Take everything else but my crown, but anointing. Take the crown, take the woman, take the wealth. But please don't take the anointing. Take my son, sin, seed of sin, when the child died, that Bathsheba had for him. All he wanted is, Lord, please, I don't care, take everything, but don't take the Holy Ghost from me. Don't take your anointing from me. I know if I lose that child, the anointing will produce another one. If I lose the crown today, the anointing will give another crown. I don't want to lose the anointing. You can take everything, but take nothing, Holy Spirit, from me. When I was, do not take your presence away. All I just want is God's presence. When I walk around, it will come back. It will come back. Even when, 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 when Samson lost the anointing momentarily, remember, he wished not that the Holy Ghost has departed from him. Samson lost it too. Remember, when he was on Delilah's lap, he put his head on the last lap, the cut off his head, Judges chapter 16, and he wished not that the Holy Ghost had departed. So when he was in remorse and he was in prison, all he was saying, Lord, please give me back the anointing. I don't care. And so when the hair grew again, he sensed the presence of God was upon him again. He said, now the anointing is back. Even though my eyes is gone, but the anointing is back. And he wished not that the Lord had departed. Had departed. Had departed. Had departed. Is the devil still anointed? No. Can men lose the anointing? Yes. Rise to your feet. My time is gone. Put your hands together for Jesus.